Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. This week, I'm sitting down with Scott Marsh once again, Hello. back on the podcast. Hello. How you going, Scott? So good. So nice you had to run it twice. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's good to, uh, good to cross paths with you. This, um, I've been doing a fair few via Zoom lately, but every time I interview you, we seem to do it face-to-face, so it's, uh, yeah. it's really good to see you again. Yeah, I, I like doing them face-to-face. I don't think I really, I've maybe done one podcast via Zoom, but it just feels a bit weird and detached, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know, like, it's been, I've been watching your career for years, as we uh, discussed in the last podcast, but it's, um, it's been really interesting seeing what you've been up to lately. Um, yeah. You know, still getting your, your murals capped and uh, <laughs> <laughs> still stirring up shit as always. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but, like, one thing I've been um, thinking about and just wanting to talk to you about on, on here is um, just the fact of how, like, vastly, like, independent you are with your art and, yeah. uh, you know, no gallery representation and, you know, you do a lot of uh, self-initiated projects and seem to, you know, really drive. I think I was I was kind of forced down that path because you know you finish art school and you're like oh I need to get gallery representation it's kind of like drilled into you a little bit um, and then the first gallerist that I spoke to it was shortly after I did that Kanye kissing Kanye mural that went viral and he saw some of my floral works and really liked them and he's like look mate I want to represent you blah blah I'm like oh sweet this is good and then he goes um, he goes we don't sell murals stop painting murals. Uh, no one buys political work, so if I can brush that. Uh, so just paint florals, and we take 70% because you're an emerging artist. And I was like, hang on a minute, that's fucking, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? I'm like, that's the worst deal I've ever heard. And so I've basically done the opposite of everything he said, and that's what's made me successful. Mm. Um, but w- the good lesson that it kind of turned me off galleries, so I kind of was forced to go, all right, I'm going to have to figure this out myself you know what i mean mm. and kind of went uh, i guess a little bit of a different route like um and once you kind of get like you know i've always been pretty successful at selling my work like i sell out pretty much all my shows and i haven't really the idea of giving up 50 percent to someone when i'm selling the work anyway it hasn't been able to make sense for me i guess business-wise you know what i mean mm. i'm yeah. sure i'm I'm sure that like there's a lot of galleries that I speak to and they're really nice people and it's probably somewhere down the line I'm sure I'll maybe do something with a commercial gallery or whatever but I think so far I haven't really needed to and it's all kind of going well you know um, and I think I've kind of found a way to exist because like 70% of the murals I paint I don't get paid for probably um, I kind of built a different kind of pie with like merchandise and print releases and then I got mural commissions and then also exhibiting work so kind of like keeping a diverse amount of ingredients in the pie you know kind of makes you a bit more resilient I think because when some things you know after especially now with um people have slowed down on mural commissions everyone I know who paints murals is saying that but like being able to sell prints and do other stuff to kind of generate an income has been good yeah yeah, I have found that with uh, you know being a full-time artist, is so you got to diversify. Yeah, you, you got to diversify your portfolio. Exactly. If you rely <laughs> on uh, just one thing that's, that's been working, once that's if that stops working for a while, you're uh, you end up in a bit of strife. You know? Well, that's where I feel like the you know when I was young and I was like, oh, being an artist, you know, your parents are like, oh, you're going to have to have a real job as well to like support your art and. And that, you know, weird starving artist thing, I think, comes from that sphere. Like, if you're only exhibiting in galleries um, and they're taking a, a large commission, which they earn, but they're still, that's the business model, um, fuck, you got to be doing pretty well to be making a decent living. You know what I mean? So if you've only got that, which a lot of artists kind of do that go down that sphere, you kind of have to teach or do some other bullshit on the side, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think with showing in galleries comes an opportunity to really uh, show a body of work and yeah. you know, document it well. And I know it's sort of what the art world looks to in a way. It's yeah. like um, displaying your art. Yeah, you, you still put on sh- exhibitions though. No, know? I still have exhibitions. Yeah. I just run them myself. Like, mm. and as well, like you know, you need help. So I've kind of built a little bit of a team around myself. Like I have management and. Um, 
so that helps um, like tremendously so I can kind of come up with ideas and say I need this I need that and I can have other people help facilitate that mm. otherwise I just would never sleep <laughs> yeah what does it look like having a manager what sort of stuff do they do oh man it's awesome um Craig from Junkyard Artists he mainly manages comedians mm. um and it's me and you know Jared Wright he does the Big Les show mm. the Big Les show on YouTube Fucking legend. Um, we're the only two kind of, I guess, artists. Me, him, he's an animator. Um, but yeah, I was, I was just mates with him for years. We went to high school together and we played on the same basketball team for years and we never knew what each other did. <laughs> it was like a weird thing. And then one day after a game of basketball, we're having a beer and just talking about it. He's like, oh shit, I manage people. He's like, man, I want to manage you, you know? Because he'd seen my work, but he didn't kind of put the two things together. Mm. Um, so yeah, then it kind of went from there and it worked out perfect because I was looking for someone to help me with stuff. So Yeah. What sort of awesome. stuff does he do for you? Um, handles all commissions, which is really good. So I can just palm them off to him. He does all the money stuff, so I don't have to think about that because I get weird about money. I feel guilty asking for prices and stuff like that. Mm. Like I don't like it. Um, and just like, for example, if I got this show, I'm like, I need a space. He'll go out looking for spaces and bring back a heap of stuff. Yeah, I need this thing, I need that thing, I need um, like whatever it is really, he's kind of just like find stuff for me and then yeah, it's good. Like with my web store, if I need a, you know, someone to help me with advertising online or something, he, he either finds someone or he, or he pretty much has someone anyway because he's dealing with so many other kind of comedians and artists and all the other people that he deals with, so. Awesome. No, it's super, super handy. It's yeah. a real, I think it's just a different, way of doing things and mm. I think things are changing a little bit like I see more and more artists kind of being a bit more independent and mm. doing things themselves especially kind of muralists I guess because they've got that extra kind of stream of income so yeah now I've had someone come in one day a week here helping me and um it's been a game changer yeah it like turbocharges my productivity and yeah it's just you can't it's so hard yeah. doing everything on your own all the time like he's just gone back to England now, so I don't have anyone. Was now. that as like an assistant in yeah, the studio? Or yeah, like, just, but he'd yeah. like, you know, he'd edit and upload the podcast for me and, um, mm. you know, things like that. I'll get him to do heaps of computer work for me. He was good with all the design packages. Oh, that's so, awesome. You know, he'd uh, archive all my photos of my finished pics and stuff like that and just all like prime my canvases, you know, ship out orders you know cut canvas to size so and staple it to the wall ready for me to paint and just all those bits that aren't actually making the art you know yeah, yeah. i had someone in the studio bastian Orfrey, he's an artist from the gold coast but mm. he he's also a muralist as well he's i reckon he's a better painter than me which is handy when you've got mm. someone like that in the studio yeah but i had him helping me with a lot of works in past years and it, like you're exactly right you just be able to crank them out because you've got someone yeah. doing all that other kind of pr preparation stuff yeah. so you can just concentrate on kind of the painting yeah yeah i always felt at the end of the day just like felt like i'd done three days work even yeah. though there was only two of us like it just seemed like it was three days worth of work to do it yeah, sort of yeah. gets me working harder as well knowing i'm yes yeah, so someone side you. by side <laughs> you're like he's working i don't want to look like a bludger so um i was looking at yeah instagram the other day and i saw that big uh julian assange yeah. mural you did recently yeah like um like what's the story behind that um like i've been kind of following what's been happening with julian for ages um and and wanting to paint something but like often with these murals like especially the political ones i'll have an idea and a concept but you need the stars to kind of align like the wall presents itself and like the timing is right you know what i mean they just kind of they seem, I make the ideas, put them in this little book that I've just got lists and lists of mural ideas and concepts. And just always the stars align at some time. And it's like, oh, it's time for me to paint this one. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It feels like pretty woo-woo, but it just seems how it happens. Um, and so I've been waiting to kind of paint for ages. Um, I had this unreal wall in, right in the center of Sydney, like on George Street, opposite the kind of event cinemas near town halls. So like, you couldn't get a better kind of profile, I guess, spot. Um, and I'd painted a commission for the UFC there previously of Vol uh, Alex Volkanovsky. And they were opening like a new business in there. So I was, if I ever wanted to paint that wall again or repaint it, I had like a month to do it. Um, that same time, I'd just watched a documentary 
called Ithaca, which was about um, Julian Assange's father and his kind of quest going around the world trying to um, raise awareness of what's happening to his son and get him out of jail. Um, and I was like, oh, well, you know, this, I've just got to paint it on this wall. Like, the universe is telling me that. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got in contact with his wife and then his brother and um, just to kind of make sure they're cool with it and to kind of coordinate, I guess, because then you can make a little bit more noise. Um, mm. And then, yeah, pumped it out. Um, unfortunately, I got the buildings owned by like a ch some sort of Chinese business conglomerate. It's a big building in the city. And um, I put the sketch up and I kind of painted his face and then uh, the building manager's like, oh, you've got to remove the free, it's too political. You know, it's like a cultural thing, not to talk about politics or whatever. I was like, oh, that's kind of like the whole premise of the mural, you know what I mean? So um, I ended up just putting like a black redacted square on the free and you can kind of tell that it still says free, just as I thought that was like a bit of a take on it on the censorship and especially with all the stuff with him everything seems to come back redacted so so yeah so bang that up and he's still not free unfortunately so <laughs> <laughs> i might have to paint another one yeah um but yeah it's horrible what's happening to him man the poor you know he's basically in jail for being a journalist and publishing war crimes from the u.s and, you know, if you upset the US security apparatus, they'll hunt you down and make an example of you. And that's what they're doing. They want to take him from another country, an Australian citizen, send him to the States and lock him up for 170 years. Um, and these are the same people that have been exposed that they were trying to assassinate him when he was at that embassy phase. They grabbed teams outside the embassy waiting to kidnap him if he stepped outside and, and top him. So you don't really the fact that the Australian government's letting an Australian citizen basically handing them to these same people that wanted to kill him was pretty fucking disgusting and pretty weak of um, Albo, to be honest, because, you know, before he was Prime Minister, he was talking about how he has to be free and this and that, and since he's got in, he hasn't done shit, so... Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of a uh, different political mural for you. Usually you're attacking people, but here you're uh, celebrating them. Yeah, know. true, actually, true. Yeah, it was kind of, it was funny, like I spoke to a journalist about it and like I often put colour through people's faces just as something interesting and it mm. kind of comes from graffiti, you know, you kind of approach a portrait almost like a piece, you're like, oh, do a split, flat, fade, mm. you know, like purple one side, orange on the other or, you know, whatever. Um, so I did kind of flesh tones and then like orange on one side and he's like, he's very tanned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's what he'll look like when he gets back to Australia and goes to the beach. So you're um, on your way back on a road trip at the moment. Like, yeah. you, were you driving from Cairns, is that right? And through Brisbane? And stuff? Yeah, yeah, I've been up in Queensland. I've done a, been doing this kind of vaccine injury project where I'm recording podcasts with COVID vaccine injured people and then painting their murals, as uh, their portraits as a mural kind of mm. around Australia. And it's only been doing for a while. So I just did one on a mural in Cairns and then just did another one on the sunny coast. Um, I'm kind of at the moment trying to Previously, I was like releasing them as I did them, but it was very kind of like inconsistent and all over the shop because I'm trying to slot this in when I've got money to travel and um, amongst other things. And so I'm just trying to build up a bit of a bank of them at the moment so I can just release them with some consistency and build some momentum with the project. So yeah, so doing that and then, man, I've been pretty flat stick the last few weeks. So up to Queensland, back to Sydney, and then I've got an uh, exhibition opening in Melbourne on the 1st of September, so then straight back to Melbourne, all by Jeez. car. Jeez. Fucking up some KMs. Up and down the <laughs> East Coast, eh? Yeah, the East Coast, king of the East Coast, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I was um, listening back to the episode that we did uh, back in uh, 2020. Yeah. And um, and I've, like, I was looking at the dates and all that, and it was interesting because it was, it was just before COVID. Yeah. And we're just like chatting like, you know, everything's normal and that, <laughs> not knowing what was just around the corner for us. Um, and I think like, a, yeah, like within a, a week or two, we're in lockdown and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, true. Was um, that the timing? Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, that was just before. I know. But, um, but your life's sort of been turned completely upside down since then, hasn't it? Yeah, man. It's been a rough couple of years. Yeah. It's been pretty challenging. Um, yeah, I got I got injured by the vaccine originally, um, and then 
didn't protect me from COVID, got COVID a bunch of times, and then it kind of added these kind of long COVID symptoms, which I think now we know the vaccine injury and the long COVID stuff's pretty similar. It's almost the same thing. So it kind of exacerbated all of that. And I've been, there was a period that I couldn't kind of walk a hundred meters. I had all kinds of problems with my heart. Um, had to go to hospital, required like a cardio version where they electrocute your heart back into rhythm, all kinds of stuff. So I was in really, really, really bad shape. Um, I thought I was gonna fucking drop dead to be honest, but um, you know, it's been two years since that happened. Um, and it's, it hasn't been a linear recovery by any stretch, it's kind of up and down. I have good days and bad days, but I um, can pretty much function day to day now, but it's just, I've got no resilience basically. I'm kind of 50% of what I was before. So if I do too much, I go backwards. You know, I can't really exercise at all other than walking and stuff like that. But um, so I'm not my old self, but I'm kind of functioning and whatever. I'm a lot better than I was, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, because you couldn't work work or anything, could you, for a while? No, I had, oh, yeah, there was a long period there. I couldn't, not even, I couldn't work because I couldn't stand up for more than five minutes really without my heart just doing the craziest fucking things. Um, but I couldn't even do it. I couldn't even like stand, stand up. Well, I couldn't do anything. I was basically bedridden and mm. panicked and just, it was like the worst period of my life by far. Um, super horrible and then you know you're thinking you're the only one these vaccine injuries are so rare and all the rest of it and um i met one other injured guy named brent who was the first one of these podcasts that i did um in sydney at a place we're both getting treatment and um he put me in the online communities of injured people and then i realized fuck me i'm not the only one there's like thousands of people in here and everyone has had the same story of you know, going to emergency, being gaslit by doctors, told that it had nothing to do with vaccine or that there was all their anxiety and they were making it up and it was psychosomatic. And like everyone had the same stories. I'm talking thousands of people in these groups. And I was like, this is fuck, this is fucked. I'm like, this is like an actual thing that no one's allowed to talk about. Um, and then I just couldn't stop thinking about like, how am I going to paint a bit? How am I going to communicate this to people? Because it's such, it, it's such a big topic and it's so heavily censored through social media and in the media and everything that's like, how can you find a way to talk about without people just instantly turning off and going, oh, you're a crazy anti-vaxxer, what? Because that was, that's kind of the mood. I think that's changing now, but that was definitely the mood when I started it. Um, so yeah, this was the idea was just to try and use the murals as a vehicle to let people tell their stories and like their real experience. Like these aren't crazy anti-vaxxer people. They're not making things up. This is like, real life and these are young people, almost exclusively young, fit, healthy people that have had their health and their life just taken out from under them mm. um, and zero help from the government, zero help from the government, nothing but kind of gaslighting and everything from the government, zero acknowledgement, um, no form of compensation. You know, they say there's a vaccine compensation scheme, but it, it, it exists. <laughs> but it's written in a way that no one really gets any money or gets any help. So no one's getting paid out generally. I think there's been a couple of hundred payouts, small sums of money, and there's like thousands and thousands of applications. So, mm. so yeah, yeah. It's, a lot, it's a lot to kind of unpack. Yeah, because last time I saw you, um, you were um, going up to the Gold Coast to get some treatment and you were mm. saying you had to have it really regularly and it was costing a fortune. Like, how, yeah. like, what were you doing to make money and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, man, I've burnt through everything. I've rinsed, like, I was just doing print releases all the time and I just rinsed them. So now I'm not really selling as well because I just, like, saturated the market. The market yeah. Um, but, yeah, I had to take out a loan as well um, to kind of pay for the treatments and stuff. Like, I was up in Queensland doing hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So you basically sit in a hyperbaric chamber. Um, breathing pure oxygen for an hour and a half a day for it was like two and a bit months I think I was up mm -hmm. there um, which was good like it saved my life that treatment because when I got there I was in really fucking bad shape mm. like it was pretty touch and go like and I don't know it's so hard to kind of unless you've been through it or know someone you know personally who has it's like I'd walk 10 meters and you'd get hit with like, I feel like you get struck by lightning. You get these crazy palpitations in your chest. You can't walk anymore. You feel like you're having a heart attack basically. Mm, yeah. And you're just kind of stranded like, oh. Mm. Cause when I, uh, 
you know, when I saw you then when you were having the treatment, you were a shell of your former self, you know, you just, yeah. just look, you know, you're a pretty big, strong guy, you know, and you just look so tender and frail, you know. Oh man, I felt yeah. like, yeah, yeah, a fraction of myself. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was the worst time. It was weird because like, as I've got better, you kind of forget how bad that time was, or maybe your mm. brain just kind of pushes it to the back as like a coping thing or something but I was when I was going up to Cairns I was listening to the first podcast that I did with Brent um, just like in a preparation kind of thing to make sure I wasn't just going over mm. the same shit again and man I just started I just burst out in tears out of nowhere just because just bringing all that shit back up and reminding this, me of the spot that I was in back then it was just oh it was so so bad bro. it was so bad and like it kills you because there's so many other people and you know what they're going through because you've been mm. through it and they're going through worse than me you know i'm in pretty good you know i in comparison to other people i'm in pretty good shape now like no one's recovering yeah you know they say in the news oh it's short-lived and yeah. no one's no one I, I haven't heard one story of um i had a bad vaccine reaction and i'm back to my former self mm. you know where i'm at is probably about as good as i've heard yeah. Mm. Yeah, which wow. is about fifty percent of my former self. So, wow. So, yeah. so um, so how many of these uh, interviews or murals have you done so far? Well, I've done three. I did one in um, Sydney with Brent. I did one uh, with Michelle in Melbourne. She's a like a hip hop photographer. Mm -hmm. um, I did one with a girl called Erin, who's got mm. all these severe neurological problems um, in Brisbane. And those three have released. I've done three others now that I kind of have sitting in the bank. One of them I've already painted the mural for. Um, and then I'm just going to save those for a little bit and I'll, then I'll release them with kind of mm. two to three week intervals. Dun, 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 dun. <clears throat> and I've got a bunch of other ones lined up. I kind of want to do a dozen of them total um, and then maybe put a show together. Mm -hmm. Because um, I've been thinking about how I could exhibit murals for ages just in whatever context because I paint so many of them. Um, and also with the NFT stuff, it'll be a way of kind of exhibiting and selling murals, if that mm. makes sense, instead yeah. of physical artwork, but projecting them mural size, like large scale mm -hmm. in gallery spaces. So I was thinking of maybe doing a show with all of these murals and all the stories um, together kind of projected on walls. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. That's, I've got to get them all done first. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you go painting murals? Because it's pretty physical activity. Yeah, man, it was real hard for a while. Like I could, like I had all kinds of problems. If I crouched down, my heart would do crazy stuff, and I'd feel, my blood pressure would go all weird, and I'd feel mm. like I was going to pass out. Like at certain positions, because of this postural, uh, postural, how do I say, postural tachycardia syndrome. So basically, your heart does weird things when you're um, standing up and crouching and stuff. So that was a real struggle, and it was just been like just keep chipping away at it and I guess my body is building more and more resilience and I'm continuing to do all kinds of different treatments and stuff so every little one gets me a little bit a mm. little bit further along the line so yeah. yeah but like I'm pretty good now with the with the murals I, I just can't do as much as I could like I used to burn it from every end you know yeah um, and yeah I can't do that shit anymore unfortunately yeah. <laughs> without pain you, you'll feel like you can and then Two days later, you just fucking, your heart starts doing funky shit again. Mm. You got no energy. You get mm. this crazy brain fog and every, everything mm. comes back and you got to take a week or two off. Yeah. Mate, I'm Meditate like, every day and try and bring your nervous system down and get back into yeah. normal. Yeah. I'm like that without the vaccine injury. <laughs> <laughs> Paint a mural. I'm, I'm wrecked for a week. I go get a massage and yeah. you know, play on the couch. It does get harder. Oh. It's like, I always think, will I be able to paint murals for ages forever kind of thing, but... Yeah. I'll keep keep running it. Yeah, it's something good. It's just cool. I just love the medium because it's such a good way to communicate a message. You know, mm. galleries are such a weird space for I think most people. Mm. It's kind of white rooms and it feels kind of pretentious and weird. And um, I think you know, presenting art to people in their own space and on such a large scale, I think the, yeah. the scale is what kind of gets draws people in as mm. well. It's like whoa. Yeah, it's just a cool way to. But, but also people who are um, interested in your murals aren't always looking to see your artwork. You know, like they wouldn't, you know, catch a, a you know a train to yeah, a destination yeah. to go to a gallery to see your artwork, but that they admire it on the streets and they're a fan and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's you know? what I mean. You catch yeah. you catch people in it. it 
it's um, you build an audience that way as well. You know, people yeah. see your artwork and then they want something for their wall. Yeah, that's kind of the weird circle that I've just organically built. Is that like I was painting the floral works before I was painting, or the same body of work before I was painting the political stuff. Mm. Um, and then people love my political works, but they don't want a photo of Tony Abbott in drag on their yeah. bedroom wall or lounge room wall or whatever. So they buy a painting, a painting of the floral works, and then that'll fund the next Tony Abbott in drag. Yeah, it works in like a big circle. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So just before we move on, like where, where can people listen to those um, uh, podcasts you've been doing? Um, they're on all the podcast platforms. It's called A Symbol of Rebellion, um, mm. Scott Marsh. So if you just search those or you go to my website, www.scottmarsh.com.au and there's a podcast tab, you know, at the top next to portfolio and all that stuff. And I, I put them all up there as well. So people, they're easy to find or Insta in link in bio. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So Cool. All right, but they've been doing well. They've been getting heaps of views in that. Yeah. So it's, I think... When I started painting them, I had a sense that um, although this is something that, you know, we're told we're not allowed to talk about and that's what the kind of media sentiment is, I felt like it was something that was, there was an undercurrent or it was in the zeitgeist, but it just, the media wasn't talking about it, does that make sense? Yeah. And the response that I've got to the podcast has kind of been proof of that, I think, so. Before we get into the next section of the podcast, I want to take a moment to say a special thanks to today's sponsor. The Art Career Academy, a new online school for the career artists. This academy supports artists to build the art career they desire, and I'm especially excited to let you know that I'm on the teaching staff of this innovative school. So, if you're frustrated in not knowing how to build your art career and you want to feel confident and clear on the pathway forward, then head to artcareeracademy.com to go on the waitlist for the November intake of their course, Going Pro. If you feel like this is for you, then we'd love to have you join us. Okay, let's get back to the episode. So you were, you were mentioning that you, you do your flower paintings a lot for, yeah. for exhibitions and stuff like that. Um, like, do you feel that they've been like evolving every, every time you come back to them? Like, cause you do, yeah. you know, you focus on political murals and then you'll do, you know, uh, you know, your bing kings and you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff, but you'll come, you know, every now and then you always find, I always find that you're coming back to your flowers for yeah. uh, well, I, different I, things. I think. Part of that is um, circling back to graffiti a lot because mm. my background's in you know graffiti, graffiti paint trains and all that kind of stuff, which mm. you're old graffiti head as well. Mm. Um, and you know the floral works, they were they're part of a body of work that actually started with a bunch of works on the female mood. I had a show called Savoir Faire oh, ten more than ten years ago, and the idea was kind of taking. I was always wanted to make works about graffiti, but the idea of a graffiti piece on canvas is a bit gross. It's almost like a bird in a cage, you know? It belongs outside yeah. uh, on a train or on a trackside wall or whatever. Mm. Um, it's as much about the act as it is about the actual work mm. at the end of it. So I was trying to figure out a way that I could paint paintings about graffiti and communicate ideas about graffiti to an audience that doesn't get graffiti at all, you know? Yeah. Um, that doesn't understand it. And so the, the kind of concept was taking traditional notions in fine art, so like the female nude and the floral still life, um, and then pairing those with kind of my style, which is a lot of gestural mark making. It all comes kind of from graffiti. A lot of the color stuff comes from graffiti, the mediums, spray paint and acrylics. Mm. It's all kind of graffiti mm. things. And little graffiti ins insignias like spray cans and bolt cutters and little crowns and stuff, stuff like that. So. It started with a female nude, then I started doing some florists still lives. Then I did a bunch of native flowers. I just enjoyed painting the natives more because they're just more kind of robust and like aggressive and they kind of feel more like graffiti. They've got like kind of pointish, you know, like almost like arrows and spiky bits and they're not all kind of soft and feminine and it's mm. just kind of different energy to them. Um, and then I just kind of stuck with them. I've just really enjoyed painting them and... Um, you know, I do all the political stuff and I always kind of come back to graffiti. Mm. I think I had one of the fall shows I did in Sydney a while ago now called Australian Graffiti. Um, I took over a Sydney train carriage mm. and exhibited in the train carriage, um, like illegally without permission. So we took, me and my mates got on, we took all the hand the hand railings off the train, um, installed all the artworks with price lists and champagne and everything. and. 
sent out a timetable to everybody and we got like the train was packed mm. and it was super fun um but that was like one of the floral exhibitions um i had the one i'm doing now has like a heavy that's opening in first september that's got a heavy kind of graffiti kind of twang to it mm -hmm. like doing a bunch of nfts that are kind of a mixture of the floral works and um kind of archival graffiti footage that i've from the vault, you know, from years and years ago that I've collected off other people and all that kind of stuff. So there's gonna be, in the gallery, we'll have the floral works, but also projections of kind of hardcore train painting above them all and stuff, which will be, it'll be cool, you know, just some some old stuff. Mm. So where will people be able to go and see this show? Uh, it's gonna be at Oshi Gallery in mm -hmm. Collingwood in Melbourne. So I'm pretty excited because I've been wanting to show in Melbourne forever and I never have. So this is my first kind of Melbourne show. Mm. Um, it's been in the cards for a while and kind of it was originally actually going to be at ksr but they closed down <laughs> i was the next show in line when they closed down oh, yeah so it, we found oshi and oshi's really good it's a really unique space like because i think they set it up originally as an nft gallery so it has really really high ceilings and half of the ceiling and the wall space is projector space so they got all these projectors so that's why I was showing like a lot of the graffiti stuff to kind of contrast against the flowers and, and utilize that, utilize the space and all those projectors. So mm. yeah, it should be cool. Yeah, it's great what they're doing. I, I really like the fact that all the projectors are there because it can bring like a new dimension to your artwork, you know? Yeah. Like as, as painters, we're all, you know, like most painters I know, when they have a solo show, they normally like build a sculpture or something to yeah, sort of yeah. sit in a room to sort of so it's more than just paintings hang, hung on the wall yeah. but this brings a new element to that where you can have animated works or video footage or all sorts of stuff yeah know. it's like it's a really interesting space so <clears throat> yeah it should be should be pretty cool i'm pretty jeed about it but um and they're really happy with the work as well i think every time i create a body of these florals they kind of um they just get a little bit crispier, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They're all on the black background this time, which gives them a lot of kind of mood and yeah, I'm mm. really enjoying them, so. Mm. Yeah, I love, uh, I love painting plants as well. Like I, um, I find that, you know, because I'm usually doing characters and stuff and it's very like masculine, I feel that the plants are like the feminine side to my artwork. Yeah. Like, do you feel the same with your, you know, your sort of, with your political paintings, you're really like, you know, it's like yin and yang, you like, you fight the power, but then you, you paint nature, yeah, yeah. And it's just doing its own thing and you, you can't argue well, it's with kind it. Of, it's, yeah, it's a lot like that because yeah. one's kind of fighting the power, one's like the most kind of typical fine art thing you could paint, yeah. you know, a bunch of flowers. Yeah. So yeah, you're right, it's like two really separate lanes, but I like that as well. I like doing different things that are real different because it keeps it interesting, you know, like you see artists that just have like one thing that they paint. Yeah. And I think that I just... Oh, I lose my mind doing that. I get so fucking bored of it. Yeah. So I can kind of do the florals, put them on the back burner for a year, do other stuff, come back to them. Mm. Um, and they evolve as well, so. Yeah, but when your subjects jump around, you learn to paint in lots of different ways as well. Yeah. Like there's certain techniques that you would uh, use in the flowers that you'd never use in the uh, in the portraits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and for vice sure. Versa. Yeah. yeah. I do know what's real good for that is like weird, like mural, mm -hmm. commercial mural commissions I used to do years ago because mm -hmm. you get forced to paint goofy shit that you mm -hmm. would never paint, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it takes you out of your comfort zone a lot because yeah. you kind of have the behest of the clients and you can't always just say, no, I want to paint this. Yeah, I've, I've, I've never found done, that's helped a lot. I've never I done that, to. but uh, I did recently. Yeah. Like I painted a portrait of um, a dog, someone's yeah. dog who had passed away. Yeah. And I would, I would normally say no to this, but they sent me a, a, an email and they understood art and they understood where I was coming from with my art yeah. and they, they referenced some paintings that I'd done and they said I could imagine you applying that style to this this you know reference image and, yeah. and it's like yeah I could and like, they, they got me <laughs> they sold you yeah and I had a, had a lot of fun doing it you know yeah. I found um, like if I find like painting the uh, getting the likeness of an individual human is very difficult but yeah. when you get um, but getting a, a dog you just got to get the breed right you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't want to be painting a pit or turn out looking like a pit bull. Nah, no yeah. way. No way. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So um, so you you said before that you've been doing NFTs as well. Like um, yeah, yeah. Like what what like what's your deal with that? How's that going for you? Yeah, when it all all that kind of skyrocketed, I found it pretty intriguing. It's mm. just I like new stuff and mm. like figuring it out. You know what I mean? Um, so I ended up doing a generative project, Binkings, which was a bunch. It was uh, six nine six nine, so six thousand nine hundred and sixty nine. Uh, randomly generated bin chickens. So <clears throat> I painted, I'm forgetting how many there are now. I think there was like six colorways of mm. bin chickens hand painted. Uh, then about a dozen different background uh, colors and motifs. And then digitally made all these kind of pixelated traits for the bin chickens, so different sunglasses, shoes, uh, hats, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you put it in the computer. Or someone else does because I'm shit at computers, and boom, it kicks out 69, 6969 of them, and um, they kind of rank the traits by how rare they are, and they all attain different values, and you get you randomly get one when you kind of buy one, so it's a little bit there's like an element of gambling or something in there, you know what I mean, and luck of the draw, um, and that's been really good, man. It was a lot of fun, and we built like a cool kind of Bing Kings community around that of all the holders. Um, in Discord and stuff, and we've had a few kind of um, get-togethers. I had an exhibition of a bunch of bin chicken stencils and works, like kind of around that project. Um, we also launched a, a beer together um, called Bin Juice, <laughs> which was man, it was one of the best beers I've ever had because I got to pick all the. I was with Yuli's Brewery, and so I gave him a few beers that I liked and go somewhere around here and then went in and like picked the hops and like went there for the brew and stuff, which was really cool. Um, so yeah, we, we made a limited kind of run of those and did all the artwork for the cans and everything, um, which was awesome. And yeah, so I always wanted to, you know, while I was doing that project, I kind of wanted to start releasing, particularly the murals because they, you know, I paint these murals and they just get destroyed most of the time or eventually they're not forever, basically. They're gonna, the mm. weather's gonna get them if nothing else does. Mm. Um, and just to have some sort of artifact for that mural so it actually exists, you know? Mm. And the NFT, like the technology, blockchain technology and everything is just such a good tool for taking that thing and like sticking it in a, you know, in a digital format and keeping it there for kind of provenance or whatever. Mm. Um, so I've got a bunch of those that I, I will release at some point, but with this show, because it was at Oshi, I was like, oh, it's, it was an NFT go. It's set up with all these beautiful screens. It's perfect to kind of do my Genesis drop here and, and do some work based around these florals, this Poco Negro collection. So yeah, so I've done a bunch of those. So it's kind of mixing the florals, like I said, with some archival graffiti stuff, which is so funny because it's such a contrast, like these mm. florals and then Rat bags running around train tunnels with spray cans. I, I love it. Yeah. It's once again, it's a yin and yang, the balance. Yeah, it is. I, lo I love that yin yang signal, signal as well. So yeah, maybe that is something I'm drawing from without knowing it. Yeah. So so that'll be available uh, in the opening? Or? Yeah, so they're getting released with Neo Primo, which is like a NFT platform. Um, and they'll be available in the gallery at the opening and then also online via my mailing list. It'll be in the Discord with all the Big Kings guys. And yeah, I'll, you know, obviously I'll push it out as hard as I can. Um, we're doing, th I'm doing three floral works as NFTs. So that'll be my first, uh, you know, one of one NFTs release, which in the NFT game, your Genesis drops a bit of a big deal because it becomes mm -hmm. quite collectible. So, so yeah, excited about that and the rest of the work. So. I'm just, man, I love putting graffiti in like a, a fine art context. I just find it super funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it just, it shouldn't be there kind of thing. It's a bit naughty. Yeah. So just like, you know, projecting a bunch of fucking train painting and shit in the gallery feels, feels good. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, a couple of years ago, you uh, were an Archibald finalist. Yeah. And that was uh, in between now and the last time I spoke okay. with you. Um, Jeez, a lot's happened in between last time. Man, it's been a couple of years. Like, know. it's been a big few years. Yeah, Even though you've spent half of it on your back as well. <laughs> yeah. you know, still got stuff done. Spent half of it dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, what was that experience like for you? Because uh, it was just, I remember, like, scrolling through the finalists and it was just awesome to see that you, uh, you'd made it through. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, man, it was awesome. And, you know, when you're a kid, especially in Sydney, I, don't, I guess it's not the same in Victoria, but... 
Um, you know, you get your one art excursion a year and it's always to the New, Art Gallery of New South Wales to go see the Archibald Prize, mm. you know, every year. Um, so it was always something as a kid, I was like, I never really thought about, oh, but maybe one day I'll be in the Archibald, but it was always something in my head. So when I did become an artist, I was like, fuck, it's, it was like a big goal, you know? And as well, I paint a lot of portraiture, so it kind of makes sense. So that was the ninth year I think I had entered, seventh or ninth, I don't know, mm -hmm. but I entered a hell of a lot of portraits in the Archie, never got in. Um, so yeah, it was huge. It was a shame that I got in on the COVID year because it was probably the worst year to get in because yeah. there's like the least amount of numbers and you couldn't have the big party, like presentation party where you get a big piss up with all the artists and everything. So I missed out a little bit on that, but mm. hopefully I'll get in again. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had a little shindig at like Abdullah Abdullah's place. We had like an in-house COVID vendor watching it on the telly because they had some sort of like online yeah. Um, presentation of all the winners or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it was cool, man. It was, it was, it was cool. And it's funny, like all your family friends, and they're like, because, you know, my poor mum, you know, I've had police searching our houses and all kinds of crazy stuff for graffiti and just being a rat bag kid. Um, she's finally got something to be, you know, just Skype to her friends about. Mm. <laughs> oh, he's in the Archibald. Like, oh, mm. he's legit. Yeah. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. <clears throat> and then you can call yourself, you know, Archibald finalist. Yeah. Scott Marsh forevermore. Yeah, for life. I know. It's a good one to have on the resume. <clears throat> that was good. The year before I got in the Moran Prize, mm -hmm. which was also huge, and I think that kind of... It, it, it kind of took all... Like, I got so excited when I got the Moran because I'd never been accepted in any of these prizes, and I entered them every year for almost a decade, you know? So I got on that one, and I was like, I almost cried when I got it. I'm like, oh, my God. Mm. You know, because you get that email every year that's like, sorry, we regret mm. to inform you or whatever. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. And we're going to paint next year. Um, so, yeah, when I got that one, I was like, I got a bit emotional. But when I got the Archie, I was just stoked, man. I was, I was real happy. Mm. And it was good to get in as well, painting a, a, a good mate rather than just like a random person that you wanted to paint. So painting, I did a portrait of, of Briggs and it was good because you kind of go through that Archibald journey together a little bit, you know? Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. It was yeah. super good. Yeah, it's an interesting one, the Archibald. It's like, man, I've, I've entered it the last three years. Yeah. Um, but fuck, I got, I'm, I got my hopes up a bit because like, mm -hmm. I made it into the, the first year I entered it. Oh, I made it into the you. Salon de Refuse. Oh, and really? Thought, oh, oh, and then the that. next year I painted a way better painting. How does that work? Do you have to apply to that? Or no, no, no. Yeah, that's it's what just I was like, like. You get the whole, you, uh, you, you didn't make it to the finals of the yeah, Archie yeah. and then you're like a bit deflated. And then a, 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 the and next the day you get show. an email about that. And it's like, oh, that's something. It's, <laughs> it's not coming straight studio. back you're to not. the studio. You know? But you get your hopes yeah. up every year. Yeah. I spend the hundred grand in my head every year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to buy this, go to yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I think like what, because I made it that far in my first crack I, I did the next year i did a way better painting yeah and i was like oh this one's getting through for, for sure and everyone was saying that to me as well and it didn't like nothing yeah, yeah. like nothing happened man it's like, such did, a did fucking you feel like shit. that with with yours like yeah i can't remember what painting i actually missed the next year i think yeah. i might have missed the next two years because i was sick mm. um and then i don't know who did i enter i think i might have done a self-portrait man my brain's so bad these days mm. But um, yeah, I haven't been in it. Yeah, I did a self-portrait this year. So I'd missed since then until this year. So, mm. um, And it was a bit of a last minute effort, to be honest. The self-portraits always are. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was a while that it was in September because <coughs> I've been going in so long. And then they changed it. And my <laughs> I keep forgetting what when it is. Mm. And then it's like, oh, Archie's in two months. I'm like, fuck. Because mm. I actually had a really good subject lined up for last year. And um, I'd left it. I got the dates mixed up, so I basically left it too late to mm. do it. So I'll probably paint him, hopefully for next year. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm already um, planning mine. I don't know who to paint though, but I know I'm yeah, gonna get so onto it because I if I need at least like four months, I reckon, because I just stress over it. I can do the rest of the painting, no worries. But it's the face that takes me like oh, really? months. And I bang, I bang them out, but it's, I found that it's actually a really good kind of project as an artist. It's been a really good tool to get better at portrait painting and just to like sit down for two weeks is usually what I give it of just doing nothing else but this one fucking painting. Like mm. I do, I paint pretty quick. So two weeks is an enormous amount of time to spend on one painting mm. um, and focusing on one thing and really try and pull things out in it and, and, mm. and 
you know, capture someone has been a really good just exercise to do that every year because you're running around doing commissions, doing this, yeah. and trying to get that together. That you never really have time to sit down and like focus on one mm. painting. You know, I've always got them lined up on the wall and I'm kind of like ripping into them, but mm. just to like sit and ponder and fucking yeah. what are we going to do next kind of thing has been really good. I think you just you just you get better and better from doing it every year. You know? Yeah, I think for you as well, especially it's uh, considering you're not really. Uh, you know, climbing the gallery ladder or anything like that. It's um, it's your opportunity to be sort of in the art establishment. You know. Yeah, as, I've always as an independent. Yeah, know? I've also also always wondered if if being in a gallery or having kind of shows in, you know, um, recognizable galleries helps you in those pro in the judging process. Oh, he's rep he's been in this place, or it puts you on the radar of the judges more, yeah. or gives you some air of legitimacy. Which I'm sure it does, but. Mm. That's the, yeah, I've always like, oh, maybe I should just do a gallery show because of that, but. but I think, you know, I, I think the fact that um, if the judges know your work, I yeah. think it's, it helps you enormously, because it's like hearing music, you know, you hear a song for the first time, you're not that into it, but by the fifth time, you're into it, and I think the art's exactly the same. Yeah, you know? or if they collect your work even better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drive those prices yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if they align you with certain crowds and certain things, it helps yeah. them get clear, you know. Because, like, you, you see a lot of, um, you know, art's subjective, and there's so much, like, really highly regarded art out there that's really not that, like, complex or difficult to paint, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the fact that a certain artist did it, and then you think of the rest of the work they've done, and it's like, oh, no, like, that's by so-and-so, and actually it's a... Yeah, that's always like, yeah, you know. that, that's always like the, the thing with punters, like, oh, I could fucking paint that. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, but that's so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but uh, that's the beauty of art, because, I, like, growing up, all I wanted to be was a pro skater. But, <laughs> fuck, man. You need, you know, you can't, Tony Hawk. well, you can't just, it's not subjective. You can yeah, either yeah. do you it. You can be good or you can be you, shit. Yeah, you, you have to be able to do all these tricks and at a certain level with, with style and all that and with art it's like you can you can just be yourself and it doesn't have to be that complex you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. with like a, all, all other sports you know it's like imagine being like a you know sprinter or something you yeah know, you gotta reach that time limit you can't fake it you can't like go oh no but it's subjective <laughs> look, <laughs> how, look how well I did it you know <laughs> I did it my own yeah. way it's been know? good watching your stuff kind of evolve as well because I remember in the beginning we feed you doing like the little the bearded men like yeah. throw ups I'm like and then you start moving to art I'm like how's he gonna fucking swing these bearded men into an yeah. art career and then yeah. you just like branch out and painting all this awesome stuff like we're sitting in your studio now and you like paint so many different kind of scene paintings and stuff they're real interesting it's cool ah oh, thanks man yeah i've been uh i know i live and breathe it and i think about it all the time yeah, I'm yeah. always yeah like just i work really hard on and you, you need it, to grow you know. a mustache or a beard bro if man, you want to be the beard I, master nah <laughs> i'll see a dirty mo next time i see you <laughs> nah I've, I've 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 tried it doesn't suit me yeah it's all going gray now anyway you, know. <laughs> you look like a fucking wizard yeah yeah so with the uh, like with the projects you got on now, you said you've got you know the um, the vaccine injury mural project and yeah. podcast, and you've got this exhibition coming up in September. Um, like other than that, are you working on anything else right now? No, that's kind of taken up all my time. I do have like a million different murals and stuff that I want to do, but um, I'm just trying to focus on getting this podcast mural project kind of mm. done and wrapped up because it's kind of dragged out for a while. Mm. Um, and then move on to other things. I'm actually, once I've finished this exhibition, I'll be, I haven't been overseas since before the pandemic. So mm. um, I've got a friend getting married in, in the US. So I'm going to head over there for a little bit and just take a bit of a break, get my passport to work out again, and then get back and I'll rip into stuff. I've got plenty of ideas. Yeah. No shortage of ideas, fortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, have you ever, do you ever get creative block or anything? Um, I did after when I was sick, it was, there was just nothing there. I was like dead inside yeah. or something. But um, no, I've got, I write, I drive a lot up and down the East Coast because mm. I go to Brisbane. I used to live in Brisbane for a while, so I got a lot of mates there and I drive up there for mural, pro, uh, a lot of mural commissions and the same to Victoria and kind of all over Australia, really. Um, and so I like to drive. Just I like long drives. I don't know what it is. I find it like meditative or something. And after about three or four hours, I just get flooded with 
ideas when I'm driving on like long drives. I don't know what it is. I'm sitting there like furiously trying to type in mm. ideas into my phone without crashing, <laughs> without crashing the car. So I've got like, yeah, I've got like a folder on my phone and this little book that I've got like hundreds and thousands of art ideas. So if I ever get stuck, I just go through that and go, oh shit, that's something that I wanted to paint. And I just do that and it gets me going again. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm the same with my, I, I draw every day, my little books and stuff like that. And I find, I know here, you know, I listen to a lot of art talks and all this, and they talk so much about um, creative blocks. And I, I'm very fortunate, I just never experienced them. Yeah. Because if I ever don't know what to draw, I've got so much stuff to flick through and have a look. And Yeah. Yeah. I think having those things written down helps a lot, because if I do have a block, I can go back to when I didn't have yeah. one and go, yeah. oh, I remember that. Because I... I like I reckon probably maybe 10% of the mural ideas that I really want to paint actually end up on a wall. You know what I mean? Like we've got so many and a lot of, particularly with the political stuff, they, they rely so much on really good timing is important, as important as what the mural's about. You know, you can paint, I can paint the exact same mural uh, when it's not in the zeitgeist, whatever said topic is. Um, and then you paint it when it is in the zeitgeist and the difference is like one's viral and one get, no one gives a fuck about. Mm. So a lot of them I have just sitting there kind of like poised and ready to go for when I feel like the timing's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got heaps of things and I was worried when uh, the government got kicked out and Albo got in that I was going to run out of things to paint because <laughs> the previous government was just the gift that kept giving, mm. particularly ScoMo. Um, and that whole kind of period where I was painting a lot of kind of Ozpol, I guess, theme murals was a response, I think, to that government because when I first was like, oh, what am I going to paint about? I wonder if this government's going to be fucked or whatever. But I just, you know, I've got plenty of ideas and maybe I go down a different path. I, I wanted to paint about American politics years ago and it never happened, so maybe I'll circle back to that and do some of that stuff. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, so where's the best place for people to uh, keep up to date with everything you're doing? Um, Instagram, scotty.marsh. So that's scotty with an I-E, S-O-C-O-T-T-I-E, um, dot marsh. Um, scottmarsh.com.au for all my web store, merch stuff, prints, original paintings, and all my portfolio, the podcast, everything else. Um, a symbol of rebellion podcast on all Spotify, all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, and then this show, 1st of September at Oshie Gallery in Melbourne. Um, I'm going to try and do some kind of giveaways and stuff for the first people to rock up. So everyone get down there. Never been to Melbourne, so I'm going to try and pull a crowd. Um, and the catalogue and all that stuff, join my mailing list. And there's a link for that in my bio on Insta and the website. And yeah, get amongst it, bro. Yeah. Cool. Good luck with it all. I'll, I'll make sure I get the podcast out before the, uh, the exhibition <laughs> yeah, yeah. opens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't get it out after. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, mate. Well, uh, it's great to uh, catch up with you again. It's really good to see you back on your feet and looking healthy. Yeah. You know. Cheers, so, bro. I appreciate it. That's no good. Worries. Cool. <laughs>